Adding a few new skills to your toolbox and choosing to see things differently can radically change your life for the better. That's what this podcast is all about. Welcome to the Lion Boar Podcast. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of the Lion Boar Podcast. My name is Tori Zimmerman, your host, and we are together taking on the tough stuff. This is our sixth full episode. In other words, we've been at this podcast thing for just over a month now. And uh, look, I just want to share with you how grateful I am for each of you that are listening. Uh, It really is humbling. Over the last week or so, we've seen huge growth in our listenership. And I'm so excited by that. So I just want to share just a a few words with you at this point. Um, First off, thank you. Really, thank you for listening. I'm so honored that you've chosen to spend some of your hard-earned, valuable time with us. I know that there's a lot of content uh, out there, and I listen to a lot of it myself. Um, That said, there's a lot that you can be listening to, and so thank you for choosing to spend that time with us. Really appreciate that. Second, to that end, I want to make sure more than ever that we're delivering practical, useful content to you. So please, do interact with us. We invite you to visit our website, thelionboarpodcast.com. Use the link just under the big picture on our website homepage to send in your questions. Uh, They can be about relationship conflict uh, with other people, a work conflict, uh, church conflict, conflict within the community, or it can even be about internal conflict, that stuff inside of you like disappointment or grief or doubt or anything that takes away your sense of peace. Um, I would just ask that you you put in specific questions about real life situations, and then we're going to work to answer them on the podcast. We'll keep it all confidential, but you sending in your questions is a great way to ensure that we are giving you the content that is actually useful for you. And this is, after all, a podcast for you. So please do interact with us. Uh, make sure that you use either the contact form on the com, or again, there's a link right under the big picture on that uh, on that website homepage where you can send in your questions via email. Uh, third, I want to tell you about a new podcast segment that we're developing. Um, this is exciting to me, and I hope it will be to you too. Lionbor Mediation and Consulting, uh, our, our company, doesn't paint itself as an overtly Christian company. In fact, some of our clients don't want faith-based advice. Uh, they come to us for help resolving difficult conflict, and they want us to sort of apply our skills to their situations in ways that don't involve religion or faith, and that's okay. The fact is we're always willing to discuss faith-based implications if our clients want that, but we don't push. Um, After all, one of the hallmarks really of mediation and our whole industry is that the parties who are in conflict get to really help design their own process for resolving that conflict. And so we don't push uh, any particular methodology. All that said, some of our clients and frankly, some of you have asked me to address how faith intersects with conflict. You might know that my background includes seminary training as well as serving for about 10 years in, in, as a pastor in larger local churches. So I am able to confidently bring a perspective from the Bible uh, and from Christian faith and also my own personal experience. Uh, again, I'm not going to push, but when clients ask, I want to work to meet their needs and respond to those requests. And I've heard that more than once from them. And I've also now heard it from more than one of you. So uh, we've been giving this a lot of thought. And here is the deal. Okay. Every Sunday, just after midnight, very early Sunday morning, we release that week's episode of the Lion Boar podcast. The next morning, Monday morning uh, at 12 a.m. or 12.01 a.m., we release the Lion Boar Minute, which is, if you if you uh, haven't heard it yet, an equally practical, but oh, how would I describe it? I guess bite-sized chunk of conflict advice, uh, a small, simple, practical, applicable 
piece of advice that you can use uh, to address conflict any anytime, anywhere. Now we're working on a way to incorporate a faith perspective into the Limebor podcast for people who are specifically interested in that. And we've decided to do it by adding it on uh, as an optional segment to our podcast each week. So starting in January of 2021, we're going to be releasing Lionbor Faith. And Lionbor Faith will be roughly a 10-minute segment that takes the same content. This is important. It's the same content that we address in our Lionbor podcast for that week, but looks at it from a biblical perspective, kind of adds on that insight. Now, for some of you, that's not interesting at all, and that's okay. You can still tune into the regular Lionbor podcast and hear programming consistent with what you've come to expect listening up until now. But if your faith is important to you, or if you're curious about how faith and conflict meet in real life, and how practical uh, faith can be as you apply it to your conflict, you can t- tune in starting uh, January of 2021 to the Lionbor Faith segment, which will be a separate download, but uh, d- for some additional content uh, based on the same thing we're talking about in the Lionbor podcast that, that week. We hope this is going to be really an easy way for everybody to continue to receive what they've come to appreciate, no more, no less. Uh, but also for those of you who want more to be able to get it. So if you've got questions about the Lion Boar podcast, the Lion Boar Minute, uh, and very shortly, Lion Boar Faith, feel free to visit our website, thelionboarpodcast.com. You can submit any questions uh, about the podcast, or, or as I mentioned earlier, you can submit questions that you'd like us to address on the podcast via that link on our homepage, or you can click the Contact Us link in the menu. Just fill out the contact form there, click Submit, and it'll be on its way to us. Uh, either way, we're going to get right back to you with a reply. Okay, we're going to take a short break, and when we return, we're going to talk about enlarging the pie. Today's episode is entitled, Who Wouldn't Want a Bigger Pie? Uh, So we're going to talk about enlarging the pie, how to make that pie bigger. What does it mean? I'll explain right after this. Welcome back to the Lion Boar Podcast. I'm your host, Tori Zimmerman. And I mentioned before the break that today's episode is entitled, Who Wouldn't Want a Bigger Pie? Now, I know that there are at least one or two of you who are probably still tuning in specifically because you heard me say the word pie. And to be fair, that always gets my attention too. So uh, it's only fair for me to say at this point that pie, in this case, refers to uh, not to a physical pie. Uh, unfortunately, but also something really important. Pie refers to the entire thing that people might disagree over, uh, the entire body of whatever it is that people disagree over in uh, a particular conflict. Might be the full value of a business contract, uh, might be an entire company, might be a whole house or a whole car or a whole collection of furniture uh, or art, Uh, might be full child custody. Uh, It might be an entire vacation if you're having a family conflict about what to do over your vacation and uh, some of you want to go to Disney World and and others want to go to Europe, uh, you're arguing over the the fullness of that vacation. That would be the whole pie. Anytime people are arguing over ownership of something, that something can be totaled up, right? And I like to think of that total as a whole pie. Why? Well, for one, I like pie, but also... Uh, This is maybe even more important because pies are made to be sliced. They often divide neatly, right? There's, There's a fixed amount of something. And the question is, how do we divide up that something so that I get as much as possible of the whole? 
In what we call zero-sum negotiations, we assume that we're dividing the whole and that each person in the conflict is going to get some part of that whole. Uh, their part might range from just a tiny little bit of it to all of it. And, uh, and so we divide a pie up and we can kind of use standard mathematics, right? If we, have, if we have a whole pie and we divide that pie into two equal pieces, then each person gets one half. But today we're going to be talking about something different, something that is different from simply taking a fixed something and splitting it in half. We're going to talk about enlarging that pie. In other words, how do we, how do we make it bigger to begin with? maybe by reinterpreting that pie so that everybody gets more of what they want or need. Before we get into this discussion, I want to just mention that our natural tendency is to look out for ourselves. That's normal. It's typical. Um, my years of experience have taught me that ten, the, the people tend to have the default position that they come in uh, to the table when we get into negotiation sessions. They come to the table looking out for themselves. That would be absolutely expected. Nothing, nothing abnormal about that. When we actually try to work together, though, with those with whom we're in conflict or in disagreement, that's much less typical in my experience. Again, as I mentioned over the years, I've found most people to come in uh, really operating from what we would what we'd refer to as a selfish position. In other words, it doesn't mean they're you know me 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 I I I kind of a selfish. What it means is that they are absolutely looking out for their own interests only, usually because they're convinced that nobody else is. They know in their heart of hearts that the person on the other side of the table isn't looking out for them. That's why they're fighting. So they come to the table ready to fight for themselves. A fairly small number generally are willing to try to think collaboratively. In other words, working together, compromising, trying to figure out how to, how to create the best deal for both of them. And I find that sad mostly because they are absolutely missing out. Absolutely missing out. If you're, you're, uh, curious about how this works today. I want to explain how it looks to enlarge the pie. And so here's how we're going to do that today. First, I want to explain how one divided by two can be two. If you're, if you're sharp, you're already interested because one divided by two usually equals one half. When you have one whole pie and you divide it into two equal pieces, each of those pieces is one half of that pie. I'm going to explain to you today how by running a pretty simple process, you can change the mathematics to where one divided by two one pie divided amongst two of you equals two whole pies. Okay. So again, if you're sharp, you realize I just implied that one divided by two equals two and everybody gets a whole pie. So stay tuned for more about that if that's interesting to you. Second, I want to explain what has to happen in order for this sort of a miracle of mathematics to work. And third, we're going to take on today's listener question, which actually represents an opportunity for us to practice enlarging the pie. After all, again, who wouldn't want a bigger pie? Okay, so let's let's jump into that first question. How can we can how can one divided by two equal two? Well, I mentioned that uh, zero sum thinking, zero sum negotiation assumes that you've got you start out with your one whole thing and you can never have more than that. So the question is, how do we enlarge the pie so everybody can get more? Here's what you got to do. Number one, you've got to determine the interests of everybody in the conflict. Ask the question, what does everybody want? What does everybody need? How can we divide the pie so that everyone can get more of what they're actually interested in? There's a, a very well-known illustration out in the conflict world uh, that 
most people who work in this field are familiar with, but perhaps not all of you have heard it. So I want to share this with you because it really is sort of profound. Uh, we call it the orange illustration. And here, here's the here's the story. As the story goes, uh, there was a mom with two daughters. And the daughters were fighting and arguing and bickering the better part of a morning, fighting over an orange. And mom was getting stressed out. She was about ready to pull her hair out because she was so tired of her daughters arguing and they were fighting and they were, it was getting personal and they were getting really angry with each other and yelling and screaming and calling each other names. And mom finally stepped in and uh, did the sort of the, the Solomonic solution. She came with her kitchen knife and she took the orange, the piece of fruit, the orange that the girls were fighting over. She put it on a cutting board and she lopped it in half. And gave each of the girls their half of the orange and said, there, now stop your fighting and move away from each other so I can have some peace and quiet. Okay, so the girls did, uh, possibly frightened by uh, mom and her kitchen knife at that point. But that's a different story altogether. Mom decided to solve the problem by cutting the orange in half. Now, in most cases, people look at that and say, yeah, it's a pretty fair solution. Uh, that was good thinking. Mom, way to, way to solve that problem. Um, now each of the girls can go off and, and eat their, their orange and, uh, and they'll both be happy. Well, what happened? Well, mom gave it some time and then she decided that she would go check on each of the girls to see how they were doing. So she went and checked on the first daughter and saw her in her room and she had peeled her orange and was eating the fruit inside. So mom shrugged, uh, seemed like everything was okay there. That was what was expected. She went uh, into the kitchen where her other daughter was and found that her daughter was zesting the orange. In other words, filing off little pieces of the, the skin of the fruit in order to get orange zest because she wanted to use it to bake a cake. And as mom saw that, she realized that she asked the wrong questions or rather failed to ask the right questions. She had talked to the girls about what they wanted and they each wanted the orange. So mom's solution was, well, without asking any further questions, just lop it in half, give each girl half done, right? As it turns out, one daughter wanted the fruit inside of the orange to eat and the other daughter wanted the skin on the outside so she could zest it to make a cake. If mom had asked the right questions, in other words, what do you want to do with the orange? What, what do you like about it? What are you hoping to gain from it? those kinds of questions. One daughter could have said, oh, I want the fruit because I want to eat the fruit. And the other would have said, that's fine by me. I just want the skin. I just want the orange peel. I want to, I want to take the peel and zest it and, and bake a cake. And as it turns out, both daughters could have had a whole orange, but because mom failed to ask the right questions, each daughter only got a half. So what does it take to enlarge the pie? Well, let me give you just a couple of, a couple of guidelines to follow. First, come with the right attitude. Come with the right attitude. Approach these situations with humility. Remember we talked about in a previous episode specifically about humility. We talked about this idea that humility is not a rollover and play dead mentality where you're small and you're meek and you're tiny and humble just means getting walked all over. Nope, that's not it at all. Humility, uh, by better definition, means that you're using the power that you have for someone else's good rather than your own. So come to the table with the right attitude, an attitude of humility. A spirit of cooperation. Come with a desire to help the other person or persons to do something good for them. Demonstrate goodwill, even as you're advocating for yourself, because you got to do that. Expect to give before you expect to take. 
Okay. If you can change your attitude and come to the table with the right attitude, that makes a world of difference. Okay. That's number one. Come with the right attitude. Second, come ready to talk. Determine the real interests. Figure out what everybody actually wants and needs. Work together to build options. You got to ask lots of questions. Remember the orange illustration? If mom had asked the right questions, both of her kids could have had the whole orange. One divided by two could have been two rather than two separate halves. Uh, each girl could have gotten twice as much as she ended up with. Mom could have enlarged the pie, or in this case, the orange, rather than simply cutting it in half. So come ready to talk. Come ready to ask the right questions, lots of them. Figure out what everybody wants and needs. And thirdly, come willing to take action. Look for opportunities to be generous. Be willing to let go of the things that are less important to you in favor of getting and keeping the things that are most important to you. Again, the, the orange illustration. Be willing to let go of the, of the peel so that you can get the whole meat of the orange and be willing to go let go of the, the fruit inside so that you can leave with the entire peel. Be willing to let go of things that are less important to you so that you can get more of the things that are important to you. Try to show good faith as early in the process as possible. Set the tone for discussion, right? Um, come in asking questions that, that make it clear that you're trying to help, that you're trying to work together. And then once you've figured out how to address everybody's needs and wants, make a plan and make it happen. Follow through, be interested in action, come willing to take action. And lastly, under, under that come willing to take action uh, guideline, if you make a promise, keep it. If you make a promise, be sure to keep it. All right. Trust is the biggest, the, the most significant underminer uh, in these situations of conflict. And the reason that people have such a hard time coming to agreements is because neither of them believe that the other party is going to follow through with any agreements that they make. So when you make a promise, keep it, keep it, and you'll build trust. Come with the right attitude, one of humility, ready to cooperate. Come ready to talk, ask the right questions, find out what everybody really wants and needs, and come willing to take action. Come willing to work together to figure out how everybody can get more of what they want and need. And with that, we're going to take a short break. But when we return, we're going to put these steps into action as we take on this week's listener question on the Lion Boar Podcast. Welcome back to the Lion Boar Podcast. This is Tori Zimmerman, your host, and we are back with today's listener question. This is uh, an interesting one, and so I'll just jump right into it. Here it is. Our listener writes, when my dad passed away a couple of years ago, he left my sister and me a cabin on a few acres of land with shoreline on a beautiful lake. His last will and testament was clear and that he wanted us to keep the property in the family and to use it as a way to give the gift of the outdoors to its future generations. In the months since, my sister and I have found it difficult to keep up the cabin and the property. My husband and I take our kids to warmer places in the winter, so we don't have time to use the cabin in the winter months. My sister's family loves to snowmobile and ski near the cabin in the winter and only uses it occasionally in the summer. They like to spend their summers in cooler places, and the cabin on the lake is too hot and humid for them. She gets upset when we don't help to keep the property up during the winter while we're gone, and it upsets me that she and her family don't help out in the long summer months. I'm not sure how we're supposed to take care of the property year round, and I don't think it's fair that she expects me to help out when I'm not even there. But both of us want to honor our dad's wishes and keep the cabin in the family. What should we do? 
Well, listener, first off, thanks for the question. And uh, I, let's go back and revisit uh, the points we talked about today when it comes to how do we go about enlarging the pie? Again, first off, come to the table with the right attitude, right? An attitude of humility and the spirit of cooperation and this idea of goodwill. Even as you're advocating for yourself, you, you, you got to watch out for yourself. Expect to give before you expect to take, right? So come with the right attitude, be humble. The question is, how can you use your power for the good of the other people at the negotiating table? In this case, your sister. So come with the right attitude. Come humble, come come wanting to do the what's best by your sister. Then come ready to talk. Figure out what the real interests are. You've done a really good job of putting your finger on these on these interests. Your sister wants to be able to use the cabin in the winter and, and uh, can't be there during the summer. And you want to be able to use the cabin in the summer, but can't be there during the winter. And uh, so it strikes me that you both have opposite interests. This is a perfect example of the kind of situation where we can enlarge the pie so you each get the whole thing. Come ready to talk about those. Figure out what, what your needs are. Ask lots of questions. Ask specifically what each of you wants from this. And then remember, come willing to take action. Look for ways to be generous with each other. Find ways to let go of the things that are less important to you in favor of getting what's more important to you. Uh, once you've figured out how to address everyone's needs, make a plan and make it happen. So in your particular situation, uh, what about this? What if I, I see a few options? Number one, you could each take care of the cabin in the season that you're there. If you're there frequently, uh, listener, if you're there frequently in the summertime, you could care for the cabin in the summer. And then if your sister and her family are there frequently in the wintertime, she could care for it in the winter. Uh, that's one thing that you could talk about. Second, you could hire a management company to take care of that property when neither of you are available and you could split the cost in doing that. All right. Uh, in that way, you each get to use it whenever you want. It remains available for your family, um, for future generations, and it gets taken care of even when you're not there. Okay. Thirdly, if money is a problem, as it often is in these situations, cabins tend to be extra expenses, right? We typically have primary homes and then these second homes that we have for recreational use. If expense of caring for it is a problem, one option would be to rent that cabin out when you're not using it. And if you have a management company that you're using to care for it when you're not there, you could use the same management company to to place that cabin up for rent so that you could utilize it um, to earn a rental income when you're not there. That'll make you money. It'll get it managed professionally and it'll honor your dad's wishes. Just some possibilities, some ways to thinking uh, to, to think about this differently. I, I think, you know, we can start out in these situations thinking about how do we get everything that we want without anybody else giving us anything, but it's much more productive to ask how much more could we get if we each give each other something? If your sister gives you the benefit of the doubt uh, for part of the year and you give your sister the benefit of the doubt for part of the year, um, everybody wins. And then work together to to uh, to take care of the cabin and the land uh, during the times when neither of you are there. Just some quick, simple ways to apply these principles to a real life situation. Thank you so much, listener. I would encourage you, if uh, any of you uh, who are listening, if you have questions, to go to the Lion Boar podcast, the Lion Boar, L I O N B O A R podcast.com. And right underneath the big picture on our homepage there, you'll find a little link encouraging you to send your questions in by email. You can click that link and uh, send us your questions there, or go up to the top of that homepage to the menu and click the contact us link. 
and fill out that contact form. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to make sure that the information that we're providing applies to your real life needs. And we would be very honored if you'd be willing to share those needs with us so that we can share uh, solutions or different ways of thinking about them with everyone who's listening. And with that, we've come to the end of this week's episode, but I hope you'll tune in again next week when we'll talk about the armor-piercing olive branch. The armor-piercing olive branch, specifically one of the most misunderstood and underutilized yet most highly effective weapons in our arsenal against conflict. The armor-piercing olive branch next week, right here on the Lion Boar Podcast. <laughs>